0: This this is the Cigar Authority. Put that coffee down. Coffee's for closers only. The authority on everything cigar. Respect my authority! Who got the lighter? In and out of the cigar industry with your hosts. David Garofalo. I'm here from downtown. I'm here from Mitch and Murray. And I'm here on a mission of mercy. Mr. Jonathan. He's confident, smart, witty, dynamic. A monster. And Chuck Morrison. This is a hard job. So I was working at McDonald's. It's time to light him up. It's time for the Cigar Authority. It's the Catalina wine mixer. It's about to get
1: all stupid up in here.
0: Light him up,
2: light him up, light him up. Welcome, everybody. This is the Cigar Authority. We are live from Two Guys Smoke Shop in Seabrook, New Hampshire. And this week, I'll share with you my story in the cigar business. And while we're at at it, a little class, not a Cigar 101, not a Cigar 201, but maybe a Cigar Class 301 and a lot more. Today, whether you've been smoking cigars for years and years or never before, I'll show you how to cut light, and smoke, and enjoy premium cigars like never before. We'll dig into the lies and misconceptions of what it is to become a premium cigar, and what makes a cigar a premium cigar, and why cigars are so different than all other tobacco products. And get this will help you live longer. Welcome, everybody, to a special edition of The Cigar Authority.
3: And you are listening to The Cigar Authority, the only syndicated radio show in the U.S. and perhaps the world that is always broadcast on location, this week here at Two Guys Smoke Shop in Seabrook, New Hampshire, and the only radio show that doesn't just allow smoking. Please join us. We assist upon it. Catch us on, the syndica- on any of our syndicated radio stations. Currently picking us up on the United Cigar Retailers Radio Network, or you can always find us, at TheCigarAuthority.com. That's TheCigarAuthority.com. Or watch us live, catch the podcast on demand, or simply find us on iTunes where you can set it and forget it. And Dave, of course, our good friends over at The Cigar Station. That's the TheCigarStation.com.
2: Okay, so this is a very different show than what we normally do. Uh, we are going to actually get into the fundamentals of cigar smoking. And as I said, uh, if you've been smoking for years and years, you don't need to listen to the show. You think, well, you do. Uh, because what is going to happen hopefully by the end of this show is you're going to be enjoying cigars more than you ever have before. You'll understand some little fundamental things of uh, when somebody tastes a cigar, what, what they can taste. And, uh, you know, I really don't taste those uh, how it's described in magazines or the Cigar Authority radio show. I, I, I can't taste them. I'm going to show you how to reach in and taste those, those uh, tastes and uh, simply enjoy a cigar better than you ever have. So uh, sit back. There we go. The Sit flavors, back. the flavors. Those are the flavors. Sit back, enjoy, pay attention, light a cigar along with us, and see if you can enjoy uh, as much as we're going to enjoy uh, the next two hours. So uh, first off, let me explain uh, who I am and uh, why I um, call myself the Cigar Authority. Uh, my name is David Garofalo. I own and operate two-guy smoke shop with uh, currently three locations in New Hampshire, one in Nashua, New Hampshire, uh, one in Salem, New Hampshire, and the location we're at right now in Seabrook, New Hampshire. They're all exit one off every major highway that actually leads out of uh, the Boston area. I started Two Guys Smoke Shop 28 years ago, 1985. 1985. And um, we had three locations in the Massachusetts area, Somerville, Massachusetts, Everett, where I grew up, and East Boston. And um, we were doing very good there until um, Massachusetts decided in 1995 to implement a cigar tax. I felt that um, if the cigar tax was implemented, that we will be at a serious disadvantage to our neighbor north of us, uh, New Hampshire, uh, just uh, 30 short miles away. So uh, I fought with the uh, with the state, um, not to add that what they were trying to implement, a 30% tax. I said, um, you know, if you do that, we're going to uh, have to move out of the state. And they said, well, we're going to go down to a 15%. And knowing, uh, growing up in Massachusetts my whole life, I realized that once they get their foot in the door with that 15% tax, before you know it, it will go up, and so will uh, my customers. They'll go up north. I'll lose them. Uh, so it might as well be me that, lo- that leaves. So the threat to uh, the uh, politicians of Massachusetts was, if you implement this tax, I will leave. I will close up my three locations and start brand new again, uh, 10 years in the business at that time. And uh, we'll, we'll start it all up again. And um, front page of the Boston Globe uh, the following day. I didn't know that. Yep, front page above the fold. You normally have to kill somebody to get that kind <laughs> of uh, advertising was the full foot-in-the-mouth Um, of me saying that I will shut it down if the tax was implemented. Um, What a threat. Uh, The problem was that they did implement that tax, which caused me to uh, stand by my words and actually shut the stores down. And um, we took a ride up to um, New Hampshire. We drove up Route 93. Uh, We, me and my brother John, uh, the other guy in Two Guys Smoke Shop, And um, we found a location in Salem, New Hampshire, and um, we started the rebuild of it. It took a couple months to get the store um, ready to be opened as a store. Um, About 30, 60 days later, uh, we got the store open, and um, there was a line around the corner to get into the store. It was all our old customers that uh, followed that we were leaving and why we were doing it, and they took a ride up to... um, be the nice people that they are, and um, wish us good, good wish, good uh, business, and uh, continue to grow and prosper. Actually, that day we opened was the busiest day we had ever had up until that point. Wow! So, fifteen percent tax in Massachusetts. Um, after a while, Massachusetts expected to actually get three million dollars for uh, what they were going to earmark it for, which was uh, children's. Um, Kindergarten classes or something like that. Of course, they did what I expected, which is just uh, roll the money into the general fund. Mm -hmm. And uh, before you know it, um, the three million they thought they were going to get, they got less than half of it. Well, we moved ourselves, and uh, all our competitors very happy that we moved because we were aggressive um, retailers. That um, you know were, we're probably the standout cigar shop in the Boston area, and happy to see us leave, but. As I said to them when we were leaving, and they said uh, they were basically happy we were going, I said, well, I am going. Uh, I'm not crazy that I'm going because I plan on taking my customers with me. And they said, you think so, huh? And I said, well, to be honest with you, I think I'm going to take my customers, and I think I'm taking your customers too. (laughs) Nice. So uh, fast forward, um, maybe about four or five years later, uh, and our business kept growing and getting busier and busier, and we were taking their customers. The tax went from the 15% that they agreed to uh, only go up, and they raised it to 30%. Unreal. Business grew even more, as I expected it, w- it would do, and those poor shops that called me crazy went out of business. Uh, when we were there in the major metropolitan Boston area, there were 27 cigar shops. By this point, two remained. Two did it stay? Yes. Wow. Two of them remained. And uh, I'm sorry to see them go. They're hardworking, um, good people. Uh, the wow. problem was the taxation that happened and the uh, competitiveness uh, to myself going over the border. Uh, we opened up three locations, as we had in Massachusetts. These locations are exit one off every major highway leading out of Boston. <laughs> Uh, That isn't by accident. That's on purpose because we always wanted to hang on to our existing customers. When we left, I promised them that we would keep our customers. So uh, every major highway that leads out of Boston leads to Two Guys Smoke Shop, our locations. And I'm proud to say that um, today uh, our Salem location is the highest volume independently owned retail cigar shop in the world. In we the world, s- in the world, we sell more cigars out of that location than any other single location of a uh, single owner uh, company, and um, very proud to say it. Uh, big edge is the sure. tobacco tax, but I, but I hope um, what you're going to learn today is is more of that, which is uh, educating our customers, uh, great customer service, and everything we stand behind, uh, because that's what we want to uh, be. We, we we thrive to be better and better as time goes on. Uh, currently. Um, Again, Massachusetts took their 30% tax, still not getting what they expected to do. All they kept doing was losing customers, uh, losing people, uh, buying cigars, and poor store owners going out of business. Currently, it's 40%, along with the sales tax added to it, compounded, by the way, which is an illegal act that happens in Massachusetts. You're looking at about 50% tax. Uh, Impossible for the store to survive in Massachusetts selling just cigars. And a uh, very, very hard time for the, for the two that remain, uh, along with other, other new ones popped up as time went on. But believe me, they have other products to sell in there, and I feel terrible for them. It, it, it's awful. This is where I was born and brought up, uh, and now I'm a New Hampshire person. Uh, because they, uh, the, the saying, the quote in those days was, make it in Massachusetts. Right, I remember that. And uh, they did everything they could to do it, so we couldn't make it in Massachusetts. So uh, that's what happened. And... Um, that's the story of, of Two Guys Smoke Shop, and, and as time went on, um, we um, got into doing our own radio show, uh, The Cigar Authority, so that we could pass the wisdom on of cigars on to uh, out, the folks out there that, that are interested in listening. Thanks. So I'm pouring a glass of wine, and I'm pouring a glass of wine for a few different reasons. We're going to learn how to smoke. Cut, are you depressed? Like, no, okay. no, I'm happy. <laughs> But, you know, the people that get it the most, that understand um, how to take a product and get the most out of it, are wine drinkers. They do so yeah. much into, into tasting wine. Yeah. They pull the cork out, and then they, they smell it. And they swish it around and, and let, the, let it aerate. They, hang, they hold it up to the light, and they look through the light to see the clarity of the wine. And then at one point, tap glasses with me here, Chuck. Sure, buddy. Cheers. Cheers. So you hear that little tap. What is that all about, that wine drinkers tap their glasses? Do you know why they do that? I have no idea, actually. Is it? What do you think?
3: Is it the acoustics of, like, I don't know, the volume of the wine that they're listening for?
4: Well,
2: listening is a big part of it because they try to use every sense they have. Hmm. Seeing, touching, feeling, and hearing. It was the one thing that was missing with wine, so they used every single sense they had, so they tap glasses to include every sense they possibly can into the utmost enjoyment of a product they possibly can get. So we're going to try to do that today. I try to do it every single time I smoke a cigar. I try to enjoy it. I happen to get the smoking loon, only because it said smoking on it. (laughs) 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 I don't know a lot about wine, but listen, it's good for you, as cigars are, and we'll get into all that, too. So uh, I, will, uh, I will begin by, uh, I don't know how to actually roll a cigar. Um, I know how to do it, but because these fat fingers really can't pull it off good. But I do know how to take a cigar apart. And that's what I'll do, because we're going to look inside a cigar, and that's, that's how we'll begin to do it. So uh, the first thing I'm going to do is take the cap off the cigar. There's a little hat on every cigar. It's called a cap. It's the last thing they do when they... Uh, when they roll a cigar. Now, I know uh, I got a camera on me. Those that are watching uh, on a, a, on the video feed uh, can really see what's going on. Those that are not, I'm going to try to do the best I can audio-wise. Right, a uh, little you, play-by-play, Dave. Yeah, you're a color man,
3: there Chuck. We go. Uh, well, this is why you want to watch our show is because, uh, you know, you get to see these, you know... Visual displays that we're doing here, drinking the wine. Now you're opening up a cigar, taking the cap off.
2: All right, so the little cap is off. Now what I'm going to show you that's going to happen here after I took that cap off is as soon as I do that, the cigar completely unravels on me. Now that's the wrapper, right? That is the outside wrapper of the leaf, completely off. And what we have here is 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 a leaf of tobacco. And that, once the cap came off, And this is an important factor. The cigar completely unraveled In one piece. One piece. So now this is an inexpensive cigar I'm taking apart, and I'm going to show you the difference of three different kinds of cigars. Um, The next is I'm going to take the next layer of tobacco off this. And that
3: looks kind of like another wrapper.
2: Yes, it is, but it's the binder leaf. And, again, this is the same thing where... Doing a good job with this one. Again, this is an in- inexpensive cigar, but there is a leaf here somewhere. Wow! I do this all the time. But, do you really? But, but the pressure is on me, uh, <laughs> and all eyes are on me. We have a, we have a studio audience here also. Um, these little fat. And these,
3: these being premium cigars are, are handmade, 100%
2: handmade. Yep, and a 100% handmade, and and it's all tobacco. That's but it's the th- only ingredient. Yes. So here is the out the next set of leaves which is a binder, actually coming off very badly. That's all right. This is live, live radio and TV, so it'll tell you we have nothing. But <laughs> binder comes off, and now what I have inside here is a whole bunch of mixed tobacco. And it almost looks like a cigarette inside, uh, all chopped up tobacco. Yeah. So this is the binder leaves that are on there. And then all the chopped up pieces of tobacco. Kind of like flakes
3: almost. Yep. Yep.
2: So this is uh, the filler. And the filler is short filler in this case. Little pieces left over from making premium cigars, meaning when they have a full cigar and they put it to measure... So they all match up in size. They get a cutter, and they make sure they're exactly the same exact size. That little tobacco that comes off, they throw it in the pile. Nothing gets thrown away. Nothing gets thrown away. So just like a good restaurant that knows how to use all their ingredients, the cigar factories know how to use all their ingredients. Uh, we'll get into some of the so good if, and some of the bad.
3: It's the same. It's the same tobacco. It's the same leaf. It's just the part that's cut off that's now used for another part of production.
2: Yes. Now every cigar they make gets poured into this bucket of filler, and this is where. Inconsistency can happen within a short fill of cigar because the makeup of the inside of the cigar is not necessarily the same leaves every single time. It's whatever's left over from uh, the other cigars. Not that it's a bad cigar. The makeup of this is tobacco leaves, period. That's the blender. It um, is a wrapper, a binder. And mix filler, Yeah, the mix filler could be a mix of anything, and the, to get the components exactly the way the last cigar was in this cigar yeah. is impossible. See, I was
3: talking with someone, Dave, who who just couldn't get over the notion that cigars are completely different than cigarettes, you know? Uh, and this is really a, a big insight here to say that this is the only ingredient we're dealing with is tobacco leaves. leaves. Versus cigarettes, there's chemicals, oh, I yeah. mean, there's nothing you yet. read the side of a package,
2: and yep. it's, it's just nothing but danger. Okay. This is one ingredient. Yep. So I'm going to take, a, take apart another cigar. I'm going to take the cellophane off that, and we'll get into cellophane and cigars and what that means. But I'll take uh, the band off the cigar as careful as I can. And uh, this one is a long fill premium cigar. So what I'm going to do here is do the same thing. I'm going to try to get this cap off the best I can. Again, live TV and radio, it's... Uh, I usually can do this a lot easier...
3: So that's the cap.
2: And now the cap is that's what you
3: cut off when you cut a cigar. That's right. You cut the cap.
2: And when you do cut it off, if I can do this correctly, there's the cap. So, uh, one piece. Yeah. That's a little hat. Yeah. Right? A little hat that's on top of the cigar. And how do they keep that adhered to the cigar like a little they, bit of They use a fruit pectin. And that little pectin which is a natural product, they use it as a glue type of thing. And they and they cut out this little ring of tobacco at the end and they Uh, Put that on top to keep the cigar connected, because if that little cap is off, again, here it is. Wow. It just comes off. So this is going to be a a good point for you to see, because when I teach you the proper way to cut the cigar, if you've ever had a cigar unravel on you, I'm going to say almost 100% of the time, it is the user error. It's not a problem with the cigar. The person made the cigar right. It wasn't mismade. It got too far beyond the cap. That's right. Yeah. Because it will unravel every single time. So this is the wrapper. Now, if I showed you this wrapper next to the last wrapper I had, you would see the difference in quality of those wrappers. This is almost like a piece of silk. It's clean as can be. Mm -hmm. It's evenly colored. The veins are flattened. Beautiful leaf. You know, I'm, I, listen, I'm a cigar geek. I look at this stuff. Sure. It's actually beautiful to me. Yeah? Sure. But we know, looking at this, um, people that are really in the know that that uh, have cigars made for them or, or make cigars, that this is a A-quality type wrapper that's on there. Okay, so I'm going to try to get off the next layer of tobacco here. This is uh, the binder. This is the binder.
3: And the last one, which you said, was not... You know, not an expensive cigar, to use your words. Right. a little bit more difficult to come off, and yeah. this one seems to be working a lot easier for yeah. you. So now we have, Oh yeah, again, yeah. It's, a, it's a leaf. One-piece leaf. Yeah. And About it's the not,
2: same size as the wrapper. Yeah, and there's nothing holding this uh, cigar together at all, uh, just that it was squeezed together. Uh, now we're getting into other tobaccos. Oh, wow. Okay, now you notice I'm taking the third layer off. Yeah, and here we have those that are watching. So for for our listeners,
3: it looks like a it's just like another leaf, like the wrap, like the wrapper itself, but just it's a darker color. It's about the same, uh, same width, same size. And this is a long fill, Dave. You're saying, yeah, much different than the short fill, which was just literally cut up pieces of tobacco.
2: Yeah, so now I'm going to take the next layer off. And now you're going to see the different types of tobaccos. Here's, here's the blends of, of what this is. Wow. This is a darker leaf tobacco. Yeah. Different. You can tell looking at this that this is, uh, those that are seeing it on, on the uh, video feed, they can see that this is different tobaccos in each layer that's happening here. And now we're going to get to, now see here, here's a leaf here. This leaf, just so you understand, went like this. And this is where the stem was. They actually cut that. They ripped that stem out, actually, because they didn't want a stem to be inside sure. here. Nothing goes to waste, remember, uh, but not not in a cigar like this. You won't see any of those stems, but stems are used.
3: So you'll see stems in, in, in lesser quality cigars? Well, you'll see
2: them used. We'll, we'll get to where they're going to be used. Uh, but now here's tobacco, 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 and a little tobacco here, so... Here's the makeup of it. The little pieces that you see that are around it, I'm just going to sweep them away. Um, those are just because I broke them with my finger. Yep. There's no little little pieces that are here. But here's the makeup of a premium cigar. We have a beautiful outside wrapper, which is the part you're going to see of a cigar. You have a binder, which is a thicker leaf of tobacco. It is completely different kind of tobacco that's on here. Uh, this is, happens to be true USA Connecticut shade wrapper that's on here. Um, it's a quality. It's, um, there's no blemishes or anything on here, and it, it, you pay extra money for this. This stuff right now currently goes for about sixty dollars a pound wow. for this outside wrapper.
3: And I didn't know this. You guys taught me this here on the Cigar Authority. When you say Connecticut, USA wrap, uh,
2: as opposed to Connecticut seed grown in Ecuador, right. Connecticut seed grown in Honduras, there may be five, six dollars a pound. USA Connecticut that runs actually about $60. grown in the state of Connecticut. Right right which how when does their season work? Is it kind of like uh, is it short yep and it 's over now, and they actually take the tobacco and they move it over to another country where it goes through a lot of process it's called the winter sweat and yeah. in, the, in the winter over here it goes through its sweating process, and it may be about three years before it 's turned into a cigar Wow, so there 's a lot going on here just, just like a glass of wine you don 't want a fresh glass of wine. Yeah. It would be grape juice. You don't, want a, you don't want a fresh cigar. It would be grass clippings, basically. <laughs> that it would taste like. So we're, we're talking about what usually ends up in a premium cigar store is cigars aged, uh, tobacco aged, for at least three years before it turned into a cigar, then maybe held on to for who knows how long uh, as, a, as a complete cigar. We'll get into all that uh, as, uh, as those two hours progress. But I want you to see the makeup of a cigar and to understand that um, the... the, the the ingredients, if mandatory for the ingredients to go onto a premium cigar, the ingredients would be tobacco leaves, and that would be it. That's it. It's tobacco leaves, period. So, um, wow. there's one other kind of cigar, or, or it's called a cigar anyway. And I'll push this aside and so sh- we, show you the next. So, we did the short fill? We did a short fill, which is all tobacco. It's a long We fill. did a long fill, premium, all tobacco. And the next one is a machine-made cigar. They call it a cigar. And this is a cigar you would look at that would have a little hole already drilled out in the inside of it. A machine actually um, with a rod went mm. into the cigar. The rod wheeled it around and kept it together here. A um, lot more difficult to take a cigar apart like this. It looks like a wrap around it, right? Yeah, it and does. It look, and it looks like it's spinning around. The problem is that it's not tobacco. And I'm going to do the best I can to try to take this apart. It's virtually impossible because it's completely glued together. Wow. Um, it's not where I can take the cap off. There is no cap. But I'm going to try to see. Now, squ- when you say
3: glued together, like you mean glue? Like
2: yeah, glue. 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 So if you were to smoke one of these, you're smoking glue. This is the stuff that's used for drug paraphernalia. That will be split down the middle, and this tobacco that I'm just pulling off here—that this is oh, really wow. fine, fine stuff. That's just um, wow cigarette, right? It's a, it's a giant cigarette. Yeah, and the outside, what appears to be a tobacco leaf, when you look at it up close, look at that. Let me see. It's paper. It's paper. Uh, printed. Wow. It looks like it's a tobacco leaf. It's Absolutely. Known. And then the binder, which is another <laughs> piece of paper, maybe we'll call it cardboard. You can see where that's glued right down the center of where that is. No kidding. And if you give the tobacco a smell to what it is, and I'll just pass you this whole whole mess here, Chuck. You give this uh, tobacco a smell You'll see that something is added to there, uh, some sort of chemicals and flavoring that's happening oh, yeah. here, yep. almost like a pipe tobacco smell. Yep. Uh, believe me, there's no um, cherry, vanilla, or any natural ingredients in there. That's uh, some sort of nice. uh, chemical spray that's sprayed in there along with a, uh, something to keep it uh, continuing to light, which, which is uh, another chemical um, that will keep it so that it continues to burn. Um, and these type of products that are sold in the billions um, are called cigars also. But I'm here to tell you that there's a very difference, big difference, between one, quote, cigar and another cigar. Um, premium cigars, which are the handmade products, and it can be with the short fill or long-filled, about 250 million of those cigars are sold each year in the United States, imported into the United States and sold. Of this last thing I showed you, the paper machine-made product, six billion, with a B, are produced every year and sold in the United States. One has nothing to do with the other, and we'll get into the smoking characteristics of what happens and, and why you end up smoking a cigar. Uh, And what what that has to do with what, but uh, you'll see that there's a big difference. And what we're trying to do is clarify um, a premium cigar from other cigars. So Uh I'm going to pass your cigar right now, and it's amazing how time is flying already. Yeah. But um, uh, the cigar I have here in my hand is the one we took apart, the second cigar we took apart, the long fill premium cigar. And uh, it's a brand called Garofalo. And uh, I chose this because uh, this was something that was brought to me, a cigar that was brought to me in uh, three years ago. And a cigar manufacturer came to me uh, on my 50th birthday and brought me a box of these cigars. My last name is Garofalo. And it was uh, a gift. And he, uh, he said, uh, I have something for you. And he showed me the cigar. And I said, isn't that nice? You made a box of cigars for me. And he said, well... I would like to do more than that. I would like to uh, actually have a full production of this cigar, if that's okay. Wow. Why would you want to do such a thing? I'm not a um, cigar maker. Mm. I am not a farmer. I am not uh, I'm a retail cigar shop owner. Why would you do such a thing? Um, it, it just doesn't make any sense. Well, it, it did make sense many, many years ago when a cigar was made for Zeno Davidoff, who was a shop owner. So why not try it again? He said, "So, uh, thank you." So, um, I smoked the cigar. I liked it, and I said, "Okay." And that's it, how this came it, about. Yeah. So, if it wasn't so, good, it was brought to you. It was brought to me. Yeah. I didn't make the make the brand. It was it was brought to me. So uh, it's called Garofalo anyway. It's a Nicaraguan cigar. It's a Connecticut shade wrapper. The insides that you saw of that tobacco, you saw different colors of yeah. different tobaccos. Uh, all Nicaraguan, but but um, tobacco from different primings. In different plantations in different areas of Nicaragua. Primings are when they take the leaves off. So, a stock of plant that may grow six feet tall, the bottom leaves at the very bottom are usually broken off right away so that nutrients can go to the rest of the plant. And those tobaccos, again, nothing is thrown away, are used for very cheap, cheap stuff. It may be used uh, with flavoring and made for hookah pipes or um, um, in. Uh, Cheaper cigars or yeah. whatever, who knows? Yeah. Uh, as the as the primings go up, and there will be up to five primings on a plant. The very top um, would be the most full-bodied, and the last to print to be uh, picked. Um, hmm. um, that would be lajero. They call it lajero tobacco, or the corona leaves at the very very top of the plant. So in the cigar, we just took a pot, which is what we're going to do. One quarter of one leaf. So a leaf is cut into halves and then a quarter of that of the, the Lajero is put in there for more flavor. I got you. If you were to use um, you know, a, a lot of Lajero, let's take a little Flor Dominicana, double Lajero, use a lot of it, two, two whole leaves inside that very, very full-bodied. So yeah. what we're trying to create here is a cigar that is not all that strong but has a lot of flavor. So we'll see if we end up getting that as we smoke the cigar mm-hmm. in. So uh, first, let's let um, let's uh, well, you got, cut the cigar. Yeah, you got to cut it. Okay, it's time to cut our cigar. The official cutting is brought to you by Perdomo Cigars. Perdomo is the brand. while all other cigar brands were raising prices, Perdomo cut out the Federal S-Chip t- Tax and actually lowered them. Perdomo Cigars, they t- stand for quality, tradition, and excellence. And while we're talking about Perdomo Cigars... Who is the person that made this Garofalo cigar? It ah. was uh, it was Nick Perdomo. It was it was and is Nick Perdomo. So uh, I thank him for that for that. Uh, um. Beautiful gift uh, of actually uh, putting my name on a, on a product. Uh, 28 years in the business. Uh, he says I earned it. I don't know about that, but uh, I'm honored uh, for it to have happened anyway. So uh, how we're going to cut the cigar is I showed you the, uh, the little cap that was on it, and that if we cut on that cap below it, the cigar would just simply unravel. So you look at the little hat and, and imagine shoulders of a person, right? Here's the cigar and the shoulders of a person. As the shoulders run down and you look at that cigar, that's where you'll see that cap. Just make sure you cut a little above it. Just a teeny bit above it will do it. What we do want to do is open the cigar up so we can taste the flavors. Some people will use a little bullet cutter, a little round circle, maybe a V cutter. For our taste today, to get the most flavor we can get out of a cigar, the best thing to do is use a guillotine straight cutter. And you do that by going a little bit above that cap. And I'm gonna, that's where I'm going to put the blades. And this is a double blade cutter. And I'm going to lock into that area that I want to do. So I'm holding it where where that space is, latching onto it. I'm going to push down on the cigar a little bit while I quickly cut the cigar. And when I do that, I'm going to get a perfect straight cut across as opposed to a rounded by pushing down like that while I latched onto it and cutting. And just a little bit of that cap came off, but enough that it's opened a lot, right? Yeah, perfect. And uh, that's a perfect cut that I'm assured that the cigar is not going to unravel on me. It's enough opened up that I should get a perfect draw. And this is, once I've made the cut, it's okay now to put the cigar in your mouth uh, to see if you've got a good draw. If you don't and you had to recut even further, you will never use somebody else's cutter at that point. You will never. never, Because you've put it in your mouth and it's just not right, right? No. It's not a gentleman way of we'll doing We'll talk stuff. about that today. Yeah. So I'm going to just take a little little draw on a hit without lighting the cigar and make sure that I have a little bit of a draw, which I do. Now, is this kind of like smelling the cork of a wine bottle? Yeah. Yeah? Because we're going to get a different taste. I, I have a little raisiny-type sweetness taste yeah. to it. Yeah, uh, That'll change, but that, that's what we have as, as a pre-light taste. But really, I'm doing it for uh, to see if I have a good draw. So now uh, it's time to light our cigar. We're going to use the Vertigo Cyclone. This is the best thing to ever happen to cigars since I've been in the business 28 years when the Jet Flame lighter came out. Because before that, um, let me tell you, uh, a Zippo lighter, very bad to use because a cigar is a sponge. Anything you do to this cigar at this point or the point as soon as the cigar was rolled, anything that happens to this tobacco, this sponge will take on that flavor. So if I was to put a Zippo lighter fluid uh, cigar onto this, it would draw into the cigar. And even when I take the lighter fluid lighter away, the whole cigar is going to taste like that all the way through. So clean butane gas is the way to go. I'd say even over and above a um, um, a match because a match has sulfur. Yeah. Um, there's, there's another way of using a match and lighting a piece of cedar wood and turn that... Uh, spleef into a match, which doesn't have sulfur on it. You can do it. or well, you can buy the Cyclone, $9.99. Uh, it's a triple jet lighter. It's pinpoint accuracy. It's the way to go. Yeah. Uh, it's the best thing that ever happened to cigars. And we're going to show you the proper way to light a cigar. And I want you to go back, back in time when you were a kid and you used to toast marshmallows by the campfire. You know if you put that marshmallow too close to that flame, what happened to that marshmallow? Oh, it's done. Turn charcoal. black, yeah. right? Char- charcoal. Yeah. Same thing happens with cigars. If you, put, if you touch the lighter to the, the flame to the tobacco leaf on the outside, it's going to turn to soot. And what's going to happen, again, it's a sponge. As you draw into that cigar, oh. that soot taste is going to go throughout the whole cigar. For the whole duration. For the whole hour, it's going to take to smoke the cigar. So what we're going to do is hold the cigar at about a 90-degree angle across it and far away from the flame. The hottest part of the flame is above the flame anyway. We're going to go far away from it. I'm going to be looking at the end of the cigar as I'm toasting it, again, like you would be doing a marshmallow. You keep it far away from it, and you're just uh, toasting it up. Keep it away from it. Just toast it, and you'll see it just heating up a little bit. Amber's a little burning, little pieces of tobacco catching on, Rotating the cigar as I'm doing it. And I'm just going to keep going. And I'm going to spend 20, 30 seconds doing it properly. I know the light is heating up on me as it's happening. But if I I can spend 30 seconds doing it the right way, the next hour is going to be so perfect. So it it seems like it's uh, getting pretty even. Now at this point, I'm going to put the cigar in my mouth. Keeping the flame still far away from it, and those that are watching on the on the video streaming will see the cigar light up, even though the flame isn't yeah. even near it. Oh, yeah. I'll keep turning. Now what I'm doing is blowing on the end of the cigar. The lit end. The lit end. And as I do that, I make sure that it's completely lit all the way on the circumference, of the cigar. If there's any spots that weren't lit up, I'll, I'll uh, use the lighter to, to touch it up to get it perfect. Once I have the cigar perfect, this cigar will now burn evenly all the way through. You hear about a cigar canoeing, that's when one side of the cigar burns and the other side uh, does not. Um, You see when when, um, the inside of a cigar burns slower than the outside and you get a little teepee going on. Or the other way around where it's going in that somebody uh, maybe got the tobacco going on the outside and not on the inside. So the idea here is to spend 30 seconds. Did we spend much more than 30 seconds? 30 seconds lighting the cigar properly. And as I do that, the next one hour, the cigar will burn perfectly. Again, 99, almost 100% of the time, when somebody has a cigar that unraveled on them, that isn't burning correctly, that all the problems that happen, as a retailer I see them coming up and the cigar isn't uh, burning right, it isn't doing this. This is the error of the consumer to begin with that is uh, doing the wrong thing. So now that I've showed you this, you now know the proper way. And it doesn't matter if you've been smoking cigars for 30 years. It doesn't matter if you're, if you're brand new to cigars. This is, believe me, this is 28 years of watching people doing it the wrong way. And it's very, very hard to say to a guy smoking cigars for 20 years, and you watch him chop off the, the big end of the cigar. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> and, and the... Starting to lick it and things like that. Listen, this cigar is 70% humidity. It has been for three years. It's been kept climate controlled, temperature controlled. Everything has been done to keep this at optimum enjoyment for you, the cigar smoker. Once you lick that cigar, you've changed the composition and the humidity of that cigar immediately. Why would you lick the cigar? <laughs> I don't understand why it happens. I, I don't know why they do it, but I see people do it. Do not do that. Actually, try to smoke the cigar as dry as possible especially a Connecticut Shade wrapper. Some people will say Connecticut has a bitter taste to it. That's usually people that smoke it too wet. So we're going to try to smoke it as dry as possible. You take a a draw from the cigar, you don't inhale it, you hold it in your mouth, you blow it out like a wine taster would taste wine. They taste it, they swish it in their mouth, and they spit wine out. So uh, early taste on this?
3: Yeah, it's funny because you mentioned raisins during the pre-light, which I definitely experienced, but that's not there anymore. I would say... Almost like a uh, like a cedar, like a
2: like a wood. It's very earthy. All right, we'll get it. We'll get into uh, telling you that we're going to go to break now. When we come back, we'll get into the flavors of it. Um, do we leave the band on? Do we take it off? When do we knock the ash off? Um, uh, can you relight a cigar? Uh, The answer is yes. We'll share you those tricks and lots more when we return. We're live from Two Guys Smoke Shop in Seabrook, New Hampshire, and you're listening to The Cigar Authority on the United Cigar Retailers Radio Network. This is
1: Old 5
4: Freddy, and you're listening to The Cigar Authority on the United Cigar Retailers Radio Network. I'd like to file a missing persons report. I've lost my one true love.
2: Aye, what does she look like? She is
5: like no other. Her skin, dark, simply gorgeous. Not slender, but firm to the touch.
2: Well, we'll do everything we can for you, sir. The night we met over a fine scotch... It was love at first sight. Details. I need details, sir.
5: Well, she's about five and a half inches tall. You mean five feet tall?
2: No, inches. Oh, she's a mid... A dwarf. Uh, A little person. No. She's a cigar. Ah, right, sir. Is she a Fleur de Lorraine cigar? The cigar that men around the world are falling in love with? Yes. Oh, I've seen this before. Louie! Yeah? Uh, get him a Fleur de Lorraine cigar and a list of United Cigar retailers to carry it.
3: Fleur de Lorraine cigars. Simply gorgeous. Available only at appointed United Cigar retailers across the country. Fleur de Lorraine. Stop missing out. Mm-hmm.
5: is my DJ, Mr. Jonathan is me, Mr. Jonathan is my DJ.com, your one-stop shop for everything DJ and sound production, Mr. Jonathan is my DJ.com.
4: Experience the premium Diamond Crown brand by J.C. Newman at select retailers or Diamond Crown Lounge near you. Find us on Facebook at J.C. Newman Cigar Co. or visit diamondcrown.com.
1: You're listening to David Garofalo and Mr. Jonathan on the Cigar Authority. And they wanted me to tell you about the Cigar Station. It's the world's first 24-7 radio station, custom programmed for cigar smokers and lovers of the good life. Enjoy cool tunes from familiar artists everyone from Van Morrison, Phil Collins and Dave Matthews to Paul Simon, Sade and Tony Bennett. And stay informed with Cigar College, Cigar News and Reviews and Smoke Breaks, interviews with cigar-loving celebrities and industry personalities. Give us a listen The Cigar Station at TheCigarStation.com
4: When you light a Davidoff cigar, you set aglow the richest tradition of cigar making in the world you release craftsmanship achieved by our investment in that most precious of commodities time the time it takes to create a Davidoff cigar as it passes through 600 hands before it arrives in yours the time it takes to age and mature the tobacco which fills a Davidoff cigar sometimes as much as 10 years the time it takes to hand pick, hand roll and then carefully hand-check each individual cigar before it is fit to wear the legendary Davidoff white band. In every second of enjoyment, there are decades of experience. In every way, it is time beautifully
0: filled.
3: To some, tradition is a catchphrase. To us, it's a guiding light. Live well.
5: This is Andy Green from Ashton Distributors, and you're listening to the Cigar Authority on the United Cigar Retailers Radio Network. Hi,
2: hi, hi. We're back live from Two Guys Smoke Shop in Seabrook, New Hampshire. It is Cigar 201, or maybe even 301. As a matter of fact, you uh, cigar smokers or people that have been smoking cigars for years, what should happen at the end of today's show is you will enjoy premium cigars more than you ever have before. And uh, we're smoking the Garofalo Cigar today. Um, this is a Nicaraguan cigar made by Perdomo. It's true Connecticut Shade, USA Connecticut Shade wrapper with a blend of Nicaraguan tobaccos from different tobacco fields, from different primings in those fields uh, to create some of the flavors we're going to talk about today. So um, a lot of people cannot taste um, some of the flavors that uh, cigars have and. It's because, to be honest with you, uh, as we get older, we lose our taste buds. First off, men have uh, less taste buds than women do. and I've uh, heard that.
3: That's true, isn't yep. it? Yep.
2: And some people um, have keen palates and some people don't. But sometimes you you don't remember what certain tastes taste like. So I'm going to give you an unsalted almond that's here. And I want you to taste the almond. Okay. And not the, the meat of the almond, you know, you're going to taste the whole thing, but see if you can narrow in to the outer part of the almond, uh, where the skin is, uh, the dryness of the skin and, and the nuttiness that, that is there. And that is the beginning of this cigar. If you taste it, you taste the almond. Now as you uh, um, chew the almond, remember that flavor of what that almond is, and then take a drag on the cigar. And see if you can get that nuttiness and that dry almond taste because that's what I taste every single time. Already, yeah. And a lot of of people have to be introduced to that. They just can't pull it out, but but there it is. Now, we know there's no almonds inside this cigar because we actually took the cigar apart. It has no almonds. People, uh, wine drinkers, will say there's um, some cherry in in uh, in their wine. Or it has different things, floral things, and there's no floral and there's no cherries. There's only grapes yeah. in the wine. But, again, if you were to introduce those tastes and you taste them, you say, oh, yeah, that's, that's what it is. I taste it. So by, by introducing that to it, you say, okay, there it is. Now, a good cigar, a blended cigar like we have here, um, what should happen, uh, what I like about this cigar and a lot of cigars is they're not one-dimensional. They do change as we smoke, smoke it further down. We're smoking a Toro today, which is a six-inch cigar. If we were to smoke the five-inch Robusto, it would be more robust. We would get a lot of these flavors earlier on. But for the sake of the time we have, and we're going to smoke one cigar this whole two hours, um, you'll see that the the tastes are going to gradually change as it's going on. Um, So uh, with that, um, let's get to uh, this day in American classic history, okay? So uh, this day in American classic history brought to you by Alec Bradley Classic Cigars.
0: Ladies and gentlemen, let's get ready to rumble!
5: You've heard of Epic Rap Battles, and now it's time for the epic battle for this day in American classic
1: history. He's looking at you, kid.
5: Featuring Mr. Jonathan... It's in the hole!
1: It's in the hole!
5: ...versus Chuck...
1: Game over, man! Game over!
5: ...making mountains move... ...Morrison!
0: Go ahead. Make my day.
5: Brought to you by... ...Alec Bradley's...
1: Warrior.
5: ...American Classic Cigars... Alec Bradley, American classic cigars are affordably priced and inspired by cigars popular in America in the early part of the 20th century. Mild to medium body blends of specially aged Nicaraguan long filler tobacco. Celebrate today with an Alec Bradley American
2: Classic Cigar. Okay, we're going to do it a little different this time because we do not have Mr. Jonathan with us. He's away on vacation. So I am going to do this year in American Classic History just to you, Chuck. All right. And I have all kinds of points you can get. You're going to get 10 points if you guess it after the first one. You can choose a guess or you can just wait and uh, continue to think on. Okay. And your numbers will drop off as that goes on. So in Hollywood, California... The charity single, We Are the World, is recorded by USA for Africa. What year?
3: I know this. Um, I'm going to guess 86.
2: So you got it wrong. So do we keep going? We'll keep going. We'll keep going. We'll we'll keep going. Okay. Um, Same year, William William J. Schroeder becomes the first artificial heart transplant to leave the hospital. 84. 84 is wrong. Uh, For eight points, the United States Food and Drug Administration approves a blood test for AIDS. uh, Screened all blood donations in the U.S. This is the
3: same year? Same year. 1985.
2: 85 is correct. Finally. Okay. Happened to be the year we opened Two Guys Smoke Shop. It's also the year that uh, WrestleMania was debuted. Coca-Cola changed their formula to New Coke. No way. Uh, Discovery which, was a, which was a fail, by the way. Fail, biggest failure. Um, the Discovery Channel is launched. Uh, Live Aid uh, London and Philadelphia raises $50 million. Uh, Pete Rose becomes all-time hit leader for Major League Baseball. Uh, first Nintendo home game. Of the United States has released Nintendo Entertainment Systems nice. Microsoft releases the version of Windows 1.0 uh, wow. DNA is used in the first crime rod Rod Hudson Rock Hudson dies Orson well dies back to the future opens in theaters and two guys smoke shop opened for the first time ever 1985 great year yeah great year It was good for me anyway <laughs> okay so uh, as we're smoking a cigar, we're looking at taste and things that happen. I want you to look at where your cigar ash meets the cigar. Where the cigar ash meets the cigar. This is for all those that are out there as you're smoking a cigar. I want you to look at where the ash meets the cigar, and you'll see a little black line that's around it. That is how to determine the age of a cigar. Just like cutting a tree down and you look at the rings of a tree, yeah. you look at how thin that line is. The thinner it is, the older the tobacco is. There's a little hint for you. When we come back, when do you knock the ash off? A little spice coming in the cigar. A darker cigar, stronger than other ones. Other misconceptions as we move down and continue to smoke the cigar. We'll even bring you cigar etiquette and a lot more. So uh, that was a quick hour. That went fast. (laughs) It went fast. we got a lot more to talk about, so uh, stick around, everybody. We'll be back in minutes. You're listening to the Cigar Authority on the United Cigar Retailers Radio Network. And Dave and audience, remember, when you're smoking your Garofalo, be sure to keep the lid end out of your mouth. This is Joe Cusano from CNC Cigars, and you're listening to the Cigar Authority on the United Cigar Retailers Radio Network.
1: Two guys rock With a billion choices In
2: have a? There's no cigar tax or sales tax in New Hampshire And coincidentally, we have built three glorious cigar shops right over the border Coincidentally, huh? It's no accident
5: And just one of the reasons Two Guys is the largest cigar retailer in America Two
1: guys rock Heaven.
2: Another reason could be our cigar selection. Again, the biggest and best, I'm proud to say. Make the pilgrimage to Two Guys Smoke Shop in tax free Salem, Nashua, or Seabrook,
0: New Hampshire, or find them on the web at TwoGuysSmokeShop.com. It's Stokey Heaven.
1: If you like Robusto, I'll take a Toro like Oscuro. I'll take Maduro. You like Perfecto. I'll take torpedo. Sit back, relax. It's two guys time. Two guys rock. Two guys rock. With a million choices. It's have heaven.
5: In a world where the success of a cigar brand is recognized by its flavor, comes two that go head to head. One man smoking two
2: cigars at the same time.
3: Two rappers united in name, but separated by taste.
2: One cigar known as the natural. The natural is no lightweight. It boasts full flavor
3: and taste. The United Cigar Natural.
2: Now comes the Maduro. Darker and even more bolder. Within your face flavor. United Cigar. Nothing could prepare you for what awaits you in the box. Both box-pressed. Both 65 the biggest name in sports. Catering to your local roots. ESPN New Hampshire. 1250 WGAM Manchester. 900 WGHM Nashua. This is Mike Bellity from Tiant Cigar Group, El Tiant Cigars, and you're listening to The Cigar Authority
0: on the United Cigar Retailers Radio Network. This This. This is the Cigar Authority. You're either in or you're out, right now. The simple fact is, it's no laughing matter. The authority on everything cigar. It's like fishing with dynamite. In and out of the cigar industry. Are you smoking yet? This is probably the best thing that's ever happened to us. With your hosts, David Garofalo. I promise I'll do better at this job than I did on the SATs. Mr. Jonathan. I'm ready. I'm walking tall. I've been earning and burning, snapping necks, cashing checks. And Chuck Morrison. Now he's used to Big group, so make them feel like there's a crowd here. It's time to light them up. It's time for the Cigar Authority. Well,
1: if you learned anything today, it won't be the truth.
0: I got a fever, and the only prescription is more cowbell.
2: Welcome back to hour number two, everybody, as we enjoy cigars like we have never done before. We're going over lots of the misconceptions and give you the real deal on how to enjoy premium cigars more than you ever have before. And if you're new to cigars, um, you really don't have to spend a fortune to have a great cigar, or do you? Does price matter? Does size matter? Welcome back, everybody. You
3: are listening to The Cigar Authority, the only radio syndicated radio show in the U.S. and perhaps the world that is always broadcast on location. This week we're here at Two Guys Smoke Shop in Seabrook, New Hampshire, and the only radio show that doesn't just allow smoking. We assist upon it. Catch us syndicated on any of the radio stations currently picking us up on the United Cigar Retailers Radio Network, and you can always tune in at thecigarauthority.com. That is the... CigarAuthority.com. Watch us live or catch the podcast on demand. Find us on iTunes where you can set it and forget it. And Dave, of course, our good friends over at the Cigar Station. That's the CigarStation.com.
2: Okay, so one of the questions is, I've been smoking the cigar. The ash is, uh, is burning long, and it's, it's time for me to take the ash off. And how long do you keep the ash on a cigar? When do you knock it off? How do you knock it off? What's with the ash Um, The answer is that the cigar is going to burn cooler if the ash is attached to it. As soon as I knock this ash off, you'll notice that the cigar fires up immediately and um, it brings the quality of the smoke down a bit for just a a little while. So you try to hang on to it for a little while. You saw this was a long-filled cigar, meaning it had tobacco from end to end. The ash is going to hold on a lot longer than it would if it was the short fill mix pieces chopped up. Actually, the cigar is going to burn a lot slower. But um, the way to knock an ash off is not like a cigarette flicking a cigarette. Actually, you're you're starting it... uh, um, to really burn hotter if you do that but to simply knock it off very simply by just putting the cigar into the ashtray and just touching the ash to the bottom of the ashtray and it'll just fall right off and not all of it will come off so that the end won't catch on fire burning real hot and we're trying to keep it cool. Um, the cooler it burns the more flavors you can taste um, the slower it 's going to burn, the longer you 're going to get out of it it 's simply a better um, way of tasting a cigar and smoking a cigar if you do it this way this is from, This is from thirty years experience uh, not only as a cigar smoker but the owner of uh, retail shops and and watching people and how they 're enjoying or not enjoying a cigar. Uh, believe me, a lot a lot has been put into this. Um, Show to let you know uh, what we have learned as, as we go along the way. Uh, taste as we continue to taste the cigar. I said that um, changes would begin to happen uh, at the beginning of the cigar. We had an almondy taste, a nutty finish, dry, nutty taste to it. As it's starting to go, some spices are starting to pick up. Definitely. And those spices, as, as an American taste would taste it, would say this is a pepper. There's some pepper happening. Um, the, the real thing that's happening in here is more, more of a, a citrus type of thing, but our taste buds pick it up as pepper huh. that's happening. So if you were to get the, the rind of, a, of an orange or lemon um, and have that taste and pepper taste, you would say it was similar to it. Now I don't have a rind of a uh, piece of uh, fruit of um, an orange or a lemon, but, but the rind of it. This is it's more that than the black pepper, but wow. as I talk to hundreds and hundreds of people over time and say, "What do, what do you have here?" and they assume this is a, a peppery pepper. taste. Uh, truly, it's tobacco, and it has there's nothing added to this. But this is the flavors that uh, people uh, have um, come out with, and it's going to get uh, it's going to change uh, as we go down. Uh, continuing, this is the beautiful thing about a cigar like this is not one dimensional. Things change as it's going on. Um, and as you get into blended-type tobaccos, you can enjoy the subtleties that happen in here if you can pick them out. But if you take your time, like we're doing, you're starting to pick out things normally in a regular show, in the hustle-bustle of a regular show, and we go uh, one hour into one cigar. We're smoking one cigar for two hours. We're really, really getting keen into what's happening here and hopefully enjoy it more than ever. i got a
3: question for you. So how how does the cigar start to change as it goes further down? Because when you opened up the cigar... Um, the leaves are kind of consistent all
2: the way down from top to bottom. Because the leaves have something different happening to them also. The points of a leaf has more... um more strength to the point of a leaf than it does on the, on the back end of the leaf. Ah. So if, if, if we actually turn those leaves and looked at them, remember I showed you the one where the stem was taken out yes. of it? Which way was that turned from front to back or back to front? Is it building up in strength or, it, or is it automatically slowing down? In right. strength? And they're all turned all different ways, exactly the same in every single ah. cigar. But so much goes into this. When somebody says they just blend um, these five leaves with this wrapper and this binder, well, where are the leaves? How high are they on the plant? There's so many components that go into it, and a simple turning of a leaf dramatically changes what ends up happening to the cigar. It starts stronger and and mellows out on that leaf. Or it's mellow and builds up some strength, which, which, whichever way they wanted to do it. These things are all tested over and over and over and over again until they say, okay, this is what we're looking for. Um, wow. Based on the success of And then they have to be consistent thing. with it as well. That's right. Through the production. Right. Wow so th- there 's so much that goes into it. Uh, the problem that, that becomes is when somebody comes in and mistreats and mishandles a cigar right off the bat uh, that doesn 't know what they 're doing and they cut it too much and they lick the cigar and they you know do whatever they 're doing wrong, light it wrong and all the stuff and they, they blame the poor person making the cigar that did every single thing exactly right, Uh, quality control like you would never believe, and then they say, you know, the cigar's wrong when it's truly uh, user error. Yeah, Yeah. 99.99% of the time it's user error, and we watch it happen. And, And a good store will say, okay, here's another one for you. Let me cut it for you. Let me light it for you. Because it's, you know, I'm saying it to nobody here, everybody that's listening to the show, but I'm not picking on any certain person. If you're one of the people that are doing it wrong, you've just learned the right way to do it, change the way you're doing it, and see if your experience does not get better because of it. It will. It will. You'll enjoy cigars at the end of this thing better than you have before because one thing has been been doing a little wrong over and over and over um, I'm smoking the cigar as dry as possible. Again, this is a uh, true Connecticut Shade wrapper. Yeah. When it gets too wet, when it gets too much humidity into it, it has a bitter taste. Somebody will smoke a Connecticut uh, Shade wrap cigar and say, I don't like Connecticut Shade because it's bitter. It's bitter because you're wetting it too much. It isn't With your bitter. lips. Yes. Yeah. It's, you know, and you leave in your mouth. Some cigars, you know, somebody will put in the in the cheek of their mouth and hang on to the yeah. cigar. That's not a Connecticut Shade. You don't do that to this. You know, you want to smoke it drier as possible, and the cigar will have no bitterness. You're not getting any bitterness to the cigar. None. None. Now, the cigar has uh, not gone out on me yet. And um, typically, uh, you know, I'm doing too much talking, it'll go out. But I want to show you the proper way to relight a cigar that has already gone out. So what I'll actually do is um, let's go to the debonair um, gentleman's way right now, and I'm going to put my cigar down, and I'm not going to take a drawer on it. It's going to actually shut itself off. That's the thing about cigars. They shut themselves off. There's no need to ever stick a cigar in an ashtray and push it down. All you're doing is starting the forest fire up again. Just leave it. It shuts itself off. Just leave it. It needs one minute, and it'll go off. So with that, we'll go to your segment, Chuck. uh, While you're enjoying life to the fullest, it's important to be a gentleman. How to be more debonair and more gentlemanlike is Chuck Morrison. You need a gentleman? Gentleman.
3: I'm a gentleman. You need a gentleman?
1: (laughs) You wouldn't want to call me gentleman. Ladies, fasten your seatbelts.
3: And this is The Gentleman's Way, brought to you by Debonair Cigars and Rum. Debonair Cigars provide its clients with suspension of reality. Time spent smoking a debonair can never, ever be subtracted from one's life. Dave, we're talking about cigar and Etiquette, uh, introductions. This is more than a 101. This is like a 303. Yeah. So I figured for appropriateness for today's gentleman's way is to how to be a gentleman when smoking in public. Okay? There's a couple rules to this. The first rule is to be courteous. Okay? Even if you're somewhere where smoking is prohibited or permitted, rather, smoking is permitted, Don't sit or stand near others who are not smoking. Now, you'd think this is common sense, but you see it all the time out there. Don't
2: ask for trouble.
3: Don't ask for trouble. Now, if it's overly crowded, be a gentleman and ask if they mind. Hey, do you mind if I light up? Do you mind if I smoke my cigar over here? If they do mind, you know, listen, it's not your world. The world does not revolve around you. Non-smokers, the world does not revolve around you either. Right. You know, it's about being open, being communicative, being a gentleman. Another rule here is never blow smoke at someone. All right. Even if they are a smoker. Blow your smoke away from people. Again, sure. you're in a public setting, and you see it all the time, Dave. Yeah. People just not being, they're ignorant to the fact that there's others around them just blowing their smoke anywhere. Be t- cognizant of your environment, of who's around you. Sure. Don't blow your smoke in people's faces. Uh, another rule here is to have your own tools. We, we stress this a lot here on the Cigar Authority. Have your own lighter. Have your own cutter. And we're not talking about, like, some Bic lighter. Okay, not a 99-cent job. But You can get, we're talking about the. Uh, Ten bucks. You know, Cyclone. The Cyclone. From Vertigo. It's, it survived a washer and dryer. What, 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 what more do I need to say? Right. But listen, you're a gentleman. Please, for the love of all that is holy, never lick your cigar or put it in your mouth and then ask to use someone else's cutter. Okay? okay. It's just, it's just etiquette here. If you don't have one, wait before, b- before putting that cigar in your mouth before cutting it with someone else's. Cutter. Anyway. Anyway. Anywhere. Anywhere. Yeah. <laughs> anywhere. Yeah. Uh, finally here, when smoking in public, be aware, like we're talking about, of your surroundings. The world does not revolve around you, non-smokers. The world doesn't revolve around you either. When each of us makes an effort to be polite and considerate to those around us, we all win. Yeah, absolutely. gentlemen's Way brought to you by Debonair Cigars and Rum. Are you Debonair enough?
2: I am. I am. I don't do any of those things. I try not to anyway, even if there's a... Uh... Smoking permitted or something, I'm not in the mood to get into a fight, so I'll I'll usually say it, and they'll say, of course, you know you can. I know I can, but I don't want to fight with you, basically. Right. I
3: think back to the experience we had in Boulder, Colorado, after that steak dinner we had, waiting for the taxi.
2: We were the only ones there, though. (laughs) There was nobody to ask, but then they come out of the restaurant and... All uh, drunk and stupid. Drunk and stupid, and tell us um, that we shouldn't be smoking. Right. So I was hoping the cigar went out on me, but it's still smoldering just a teeny bit. Uh, I'm going to pass you uh, – you have chocolate. Okay. I do. Yep. Add, add some chocolate to this. This is a uh, – not to taste chocolate, but I want you to get past the chocolate taste and get into the creaminess okay. of the chocolate. So we're tasting chocolate, not to – you know try to eliminate the chocolate taste out of your taste buds and hone in on the creaminess of the of the chocolate – and see if, uh, as you uh, take your next puff of the Garofalo cigar, if that component of creaminess has come in. You'll hear that mentioned a lot in cigars that say it's a bit creamy, it's peppery, it's nutty, and these are the components that happen to it. If, if the very beginning of the cigar, if I said you have creaminess, I mentioned to you that it was very dry. There wasn't creaminess in the cigar. It was actually the dry nuttiness to it. But as we start getting down on it, creaminess is starting to build. What is happening in there? Is it one of those leafs that's doing that? I don't know what happens, but I've smoked the cigar enough to know this is the next stage. Totally. What happens? And especially after that chocolate, it just really boom. Yeah. Well, now you know. know, You'll say to uh, um, somebody... Mention that type of flavor without tasting it, you've had cream before, but for some reason, I don't know, it just almost wakes up the mind and That's says, a nice, Here ooh, it is. It's, it's smoke right now. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So it's cream in and out. Yeah. And still you got those other components in there. So. And uh, what,
3: t- two minutes ago we had pepper. That, right. I'm not getting any pepper okay, right now. Yeah.
2: So it's, it's, it's changing. You're a little further down than me as, as I'm trying to stop the cigar. So, okay, my cigar's out. So it just shuts off on, on its own, and I uh, maybe forgot about the cigar, and I came back to it three hours later, six hours later. I don't know if I would go back to it the next day. Yeah. And, again, this is a sponge because it's going to pick up flavors of this ash that happens. But a few hours into it or something, you find the cigar back, and somebody will relight the cigar and say, "Ugh!" You know, at the very beginning, it tastes ashy to them. Well, I'm going to teach you now how to relight a cigar and not have that ashy taste because it's going to be completely go away. This is the way to relight a cigar six, I'll even go eight hours later or something. You forgot about a cigar and you want to relight it. So the first key is actually to get the ash off. So I I showed you how we tap the ash. Now on the side of the ashtray, I'm actually going to wipe the cigar. So you're
3: kind of holding it like this, just so our listeners can get a visual on this. You're yeah. kind of holding it like a paintbrush, and it's almost like you're painting the
2: side of the ashtray. Right. I'm wiping it, wiping the brush off, or in this case, the cigar. Yeah. As much as I can off in the center of it, and everything I can, even if i got to get the corner of um, the little end of the ashtray or something, the inside part, and get as much off as I possibly can. Now, just like we did it before, I'm going to hold a cigar like at a 90-degree angle and toast it like I'm toasting a marshmallow, keeping the cigar away from uh, the flame, and I'm going to toast around the cigar and go through the same process I did before and just go all the way around it. But the difference is, my first drag is going to be very, very different than I did before. Instead of blowing, um, inhaling in to the cigar, I'm actually going to blow out while being over the flame like it was. So... So you're lighting it with your lighter, and you're blowing out. Blowing out.
1: And the, and I'm, turn,
2: I'm turning it like I was doing. Yeah, and the flame is literally popping off the cigar yeah. at the end. And now? Now you're inhaling. Cigar is totally lit all the way around. Wow. Nice even. i blow on the end, yeah. evenly lit. Yeah. Absolutely no ash taste at all. Now, if I did get that ash taste, so what? You don't care if you get that ash taste? That ash taste is going to go through the rest of the cigar. It's that sponge that follows through that tobacco. So you want to do it because the next 45 minutes that I'm going to smoke this cigar is going to actually taste good, and none of that ash is going to go through. So you blow, you toast it, and you blow out of the cigar. It's amazing that it lights up. I don't know why it does, but it does. And you don't have
3: any of that ashiness? or None. Wow. It's, like,
2: it's like brand new like I had it before. Awesome. And that will that – will, that will, you said you can stretch yeah. it to like six hours, maybe eight? Yeah. yeah. I've gone to the next day and, yeah. and you know, totally left a cigar, a real good cigar, yeah, yeah. in the ashtray and gone to it the next day. But it actually did sit there in that ash and absorbed through the tobacco. I blew out. I did everything the right way, and it still was terrible. So, you, yes, you can smoke it, but it's awful. It's awful, though. You know, yeah. so right now, I would have never known that the cigar went out. I mean, absolutely no no flavor of that happening at all.
3: And that's common. I mean, that happens to a lot of cigar smokers. You're in a conversation. I mean, this isn't, This it's, again, it's, this is not cigarettes. The cigarette, what, is two minutes. This is a, an enjoyable sit-down for at least an hour, maybe two hours. Right. And there may be periods during that smoke, if you will, that the cigar is going to go out. Right. And this is the Brilliant advice to really get it back to where it was, not have that ashiness to really enjoy it to where it was when you first lit it
2: up. That's the way to go. Great stuff, That's Dave. the way to go. So, uh, all right, let's go to 05 uh, Freddy back into the aging room. Do we have him ready? Let's do it. All right, here he comes.
5: It's time to step into the aging room. Sometimes aging makes a great cigar even better, just like aging room cigars. They're made in small batches from rare and limited 100% Dominican tobaccos. And here in our aging room is Old Fart Freddy.
4: Nowadays, there are Mexican restaurants in every corner. In my day, if you wanted to spice up your marriage, you brought the missus to Colonel Langus's Mexican Roadhouse way downtown. Nowadays, either you both are right or the man is wrong. What gives with that? In my day, you did everything you could to be right so you could stick it in her face. No real man would walk home with his tail between her legs. Nowadays, people think they hit the lottery when the welfare check comes in the mail. In my day, luck was winning a coin toss, not sponging off the government. That's the kind of luck poor Mr. Lincoln had the night he went to the movies. (laughs) We were Colonel Angus eating, face-sticking men who never sat in John Wilkes Boots. Sometimes, aging
5: makes a great cigar even better. Just like aging room cigars. Made in small batches from rare and limited 100% Dominican tobacco... Try aging room cigars from boutique blends. Some things are better aged, some are not.
4: Ah, uh, Colonel Angus. He holds a real sentimental place in my heart. Oh, God.
0: Freddie. Freddy,
2: Freddie. Freddy. And right after the gentleman's way, the opposite, <laughs> the opposite way, old fat Freddie. All right, so we're smoking the Garofalo Cigar, and this is a Connecticut shade, uh, as we talked about before. This is a light wrapper, the almost golden color wrapper that you see out there. Yeah. Um, And people tend to look at cigars like that and say, oh, that's a mild cigar only because of the outside wrapper. Um, uh-huh. outside wrapper has has a lot of characteristic to it because it 's the only part of the cigar that may touch your lips and t- may touch your tongue definitely touch, touches your lips so you 're tasting that in, in, in those forms of uh, where your taste buds are. But what happens inside the cigar has a lot to do with what, what it is. Some people will say um, the outside wrapper has uh, up to seventy percent of the taste. Of the cigar, and that's not necessarily true either. If you added a uh, full-bodied a la hero into the cigar, you would never even taste this outside component, yeah. which takes me to dark tobaccos. Somebody will look at a Maduro cigar. Maduro is the dark tobaccos that you'll see the outside wrapper on, and look at that and say, well, that cigar is strong, when that is not the case at all. That is really not the case on that tobacco itself. What happens in the inside can be all different. So the outside wrap of Maduro means ripe. So let's take ripe and, you know, a piece of, a a ripe uh, piece of fruit would not be stronger than a non-ripe piece of fruit. You would actually be fruitier, maybe sweeter. Let's take a um, white onion and let's chop up that onion and saute it in a pan. And as that Mm. onion is starting to darken and caramelize, it becomes sweeter. So this is what happens to tobacco. When they put these tobaccos in polones, they pile them up. They wet the tobacco. They, they pile them up as much as, say, four feet high. As these tobaccos heat up, just like sauteing in the onions, it'll get to maybe 120, 180 degrees before it's going to catch on fire or anything. They wet it down again. They start a new pile, and they keep doing this. The tobacco somewhat breaks down because it's actually changing color. It's getting darker and darker and sweeter and sweeter. Actually, sweetness is coming out of that tobacco leaf. Uh, they, they wash it away, and they keep doing it, and the tobacco ends up changing uh, the look and color of it. This can't happen with Connecticut shade. There's something called Connecticut broadleaf, which is a thicker... Um, broader leaf, obviously, broad leaf, a mm-hmm. wider and thicker leaf, they can use that on that. A lot of Mexican tobaccos are used to break. They won't break down to nothing, and they can handle it. It has to be thicker tobacco for this process to go. Hmm. But a leaf is a leaf, and if you've ever seen tobacco that's actually jet black, yeah. real black, black tobacco, you know as you go into a store and it's oily and black as can be, that's impossible. That's impossible to happen can't be even and black because a leaf can't be done like this. So we said that uh, nothing is wasted in the tobacco industry, nothing. Um, a good chef, a good cook in a restaurant or something uses everything they possibly can. Well, when it comes to stems of tobacco, the stems, as they're pulled out and not put into a, into a cigar, they're actually soaked in water and rotted in their own water. Really? Which produces a dye. It turns black, the water turns black, and they'll soak tobacco leaves in this dye basically that they created naturally. But it will, the sponge itself, the tobacco leaf will soak up Wild. this black dye uh, that's, that's produced from the stems, it actually produce more nicotine because the highest nicotine content in that uh, leaf is in the stem itself that you normally throw away. But more nicotine will build inside that tobacco leaf. that gets sucked up, up in it, and they'll actually roll the cigar with that leaf. They didn't go through that whole process of maybe 90 days of flipping that tobacco around, uh, maybe 100 days into, ma- into making wow. it naturally go there. They'll speed up the process and make a black leaf that way. There's big-name brands out there that, that actually do this. Uh, I stay away from that type of thing. I don't like, uh, you know, it's like going to a hot dog factory. I happen to like hot dogs. I don't want to see it produced because I won't like them anymore. So uh, I don't go look, but I've actually seen this process, so I don't want to see it. I don't want to smoke it because I saw it. If you like it, you like it, and that's it. But, you know, know to look at a Maduro cigar. And if it's jet black like that, this is the process it went through. If it's very dark and has different spottiness to it and stuff, then it's gone the natural way. Uh, it doesn't look as beautiful as the other one, but it tastes better. Uh, it is sweeter. This other one wouldn't be sweeter, right? It wouldn't. It didn't become Maduro because of the um, the process it went through. The, the sugars didn't come out. Actually, it's high in nicotine. Now, what happens inside that cigar? If you took that Maduro wrapper... Uh, the natural Maduro wrapper, the right way you do it, and you wrap the cigar into that, you would have this cigar with a little sweetness added to it. Um, t- but the problem is this doesn't come in a Maduro. So if you look at another Maduro and happens to be a full-bodied cigar, you don't taste sweetness to it because a lot of manufacturers use full-bodied tobaccos in their Maduro version of their cigar, which actually takes away the sweetness to it because it's covered up by the strength of the tobacco itself. What a shame to use a sweet wrapper like Maduro or even um, a a darker tobacco, a dark brown tobacco uh, from Africa, Cameroon wrapper, um, which is another sweet component to that wrapper itself um, that is sometimes covered up with a stronger tobacco. Inside tobacco, where you miss that component. Hmm. So you're putting, you're putting something into something. If, if you want to really taste a nice, nice, mild uh, cigar with a Maduro wrapper in it, to taste the Maduro, that's when you end up tasting that. Same goes for Cameroon. You know, you taste something with Cameroon in it, yeah. a milder cigar with Cameroon, now you can taste the Cameroon. Or else it's covered up and wasted. And both are very expensive, you know, because of the processes. They go through when it's legitimate, when they do the legitimate way of doing it. So um, it's not necessarily stronger, but a lot of companies do make strong cigars using Maduro. So ask your local brick-and-mortar store. Uh, Hopefully they've smoked everything in the store as they should have, Mm -hmm. and they can say uh, what would be uh, right for what you're looking for. If you're looking for a strong cigar with Maduro, then that's what you're looking for. It seems for the manufacturers to do this, that's what most people must be looking for. I can't understand why else they would do such a thing, but uh, it happens anyway. So. Uh, with that, let's go to our social media segment brought to you by the cigars that were built on social media, Recluse Cigars. Here's the best tweets I saw all week. Okay, if the person next to you on a flight won't stop talking, take out the Sky Mall catalog and eat the entire thing while never breaking eye contact. Feeling bored? Post a status on Facebook that says, Barack Obama 2016, and buckle up for the ride of your life. Like that, Paul Beasley? Wrote a letter to Santa today because I don't want him to think that we only talk when I want something from him. Nice. Mac and cheese doesn't contain many vitamins, so it's important to always eat a bunch of it. And the best tweet I saw all week my body is shaped like a hooded sweatshirt. And that is a social media segment brought to you by Recluse Cigars, rolled and two bar, the old Cuban way for an effortless and perfect draw every time. Nice. Okay, so that's that. So, uh, what else do we got going? Let's go to a break, and uh, when we come back. The cigar band. When is the time to take it off? Or should we leave it on? How long can you go? How far down should you smoke it? I'll share with you the best cigars I have ever smoked. And uh, do you have to spend money to get the best? We'll answer all that a lot more when we return. We're live from Two Guys Smoke Shop in Seabrook, New Hampshire. And you're listening to The Cigar Authority on the United Cigar Retailers Radio Network.
5: This is Eric Newman from the J.C. Newman Cigar Company, and you're listening to The Cigar Authority on United Cigar Retailers Radio Network. Cigar smokers, how about if we go over a few cigar store sounds? Can you guess what this is? Oh, yeah. You think you got it? Okay, do you know what this is? Now for the cigar. What do you think of this cigar? I'm lighting up a Lagiana Havana cigar. The Lagiana Havana natural cigars are, oh yeah, so smooth. And oh yeah, the Maduro version is a bit beat up. But oh yeah, they're delicious too. When asked what my favorite cigar is, I always say, it's Lagiana Havana. Oh
3: yeah. how can I help you? Hi, this is Jonathan. Jonathan, this is Losers
5: Anonymous. Please, don't give out your full name. It's anonymous. What seems to be the problem? I just can't stop buying trashy cigars on the Internet. I keep getting these offers for this crap, and I just can't stop buying it. My humidor is filled with this junk, and I can't even smoke it.
3: That's insane. Why do you keep doing the same thing over and over and expect something different?
5: It's the pictures. They look so good, but the cigars are always terrible. I guess they are seconds for a reason, huh?
3: I guess so, Jonathan, but just stop the insanity.
5: I can't. I just can't pass up a deal.
3: It's no deal if the cigars are bad, is it?
5: You're right, but...
3: But nothing. You may not be a loser, Jonathan. You might just be stupid, but I have an option for you. It's cartel.
5: Hey, I might be a loser. I may even be stupid, but I'm a law-abiding, cigar-smoking citizen. I'm not getting into anything that's illegal.
3: No, Cartel isn't Cuban or anything illegal in any way. Cartel is an affordable cigar brand. It's something that competes with those close-out brands, but it's no close-out. It's a very affordable brand, Jonathan, out of Colombia, and it's a great everyday cigar for very little money. Don't be stupid. Smoke Cartel. Cartel cigars are handmade cigars out of Columbia for a little over a buck a stick. Don't be stupid. Don't be Jonathan. Smoke cartel. He reads the dictionary just for fun. He finds the minutiae of tax preparation enthralling. Years ago, at an open mic night, he was paid just to leave. He is the only man to win a staring contest with the Statue of Liberty.
5: The man himself may be a bore, but the cigar isn't. Garofalo is a premium, handmade luxury cigar using U.S. shade wrapper and a blend of Nicaraguan fillers and binder. Complex and very interesting, Garofalo may be the most interesting cigar in the world.
3: It once won a longest ash contest without even being lit. You don't light a Garofalo, it lights you. Its flavor expands on your palate faster than the universe. It has been said that this cigar would be phenomenal as a Maduro, except it's perfect
2: as it is. I always smoke cigars, and when I do, I prefer Garofalo. Keep smoking Garofalo, my friends. Hey, Jack, I finally found a
3: cigar magazine that I like. Really? What's it called? Cigar Journal. What's so great about Cigar Journal? They cover cigars in the U.S. and around the world and is printed right here in the U.S.A.
4: That sounds interesting.
3: Where can I buy it? Cigar Journal is available at local cigar retailers and on the web at www.cigarjournal.co. That's cigarjournal.co. All
2: right,
4: I'll sign up today.
0: Hi, this is Rocky Patel, and I've worked long
2: and hard to create a Cameroon cigar. We've been saving Cameroon wrappers for seven years to come up with the perfect cigar, the Vintage 2003. This cigar has a Cameroon wrapper from Africa, delivers a sweet taste, medium-bodied, a ton of flavor, yet it's smooth on the palate. If you've never tried the Vintage 2003... Please go out and try one, because this Cameroon cigar is going to deliver everything you're seeking.
4: This is Eric Hansen from Hammer and Pickle Cigars, and you're listening to The Cigar Authority on the United Cigar Retailers Radio Network.
2: And we're back. The cigar band, can we take it off? And when? How low can we go? How far down can we smoke a cigar? I'll share with you the best cigar I have ever smoked. And um, do you have to spend a lot of money sm- to smoke the best? We'll answer those questions and more. Um, so the first one uh, is, uh, when can I take this band off? I'm getting close, man. Man,
3: I'm waiting. I was waiting. I looked at the segment ahead of time, and uh, it just coincidentally timed out where I'm about to take the band off. So is it, am I at that point?
2: You are. Now... First off, the cigar came in cellophane. That's an important fact to tell you. Why would that matter if there's cellophane on the cigar to take the band off or not? And it's because how they put the bands on, how they apply them. And on a cellophane cigar, all cigars, they put a little glue on the cigar band, um, and then they overlap that band with another piece of of that band, and it overlaps, and it's just uh, paper on top of paper that's glued together. Um, that's how every cigar is, is, uh, the band is applied. But when a cigar is going to be cellophaned, the band is actually touched. The back of the band is touched to the tobacco leaf. One little piece of it, the glue, is put on that's touching the tobacco leaf, and that's on purpose. That's so that when they do apply the cigar band onto it, and they know they're going to put cellophane on it, so when they slide that cellophane on, that band does not slide down with it also. So if it's going to have cellophane on it, it has been touched with glue and applied and actually stuck onto the cigar. A lot of people will take a cigar out of a cellophane, we see it right at the register, peel the band off it immediately. I don't know why. They do. And when they do, there's a hole in the cigar. It actually ripped the tobacco leaf that's off it. And that's because it was stuck on there. Now, if you want to take the band off the cigar, the way to do it is warm the cigar up and that glue will actually lift off it. As the cigar heats up, so as we're smoking the cigar and sometimes going on, will actually uh, loosen up that that uh, glue. And now I'm going to take the cigar off, the, the band off, and I'm going to actually do it very slowly. And as soon as it um, unattaches from it, it starts opening up, and slowly I'll pull it off and try to get no tobacco on it. If I did, there's actually a hole in the leaf. And at that point, as I draw into the cigar, you see smoke ex- escape out of there. With that smoke ex- escaping out from that hole is also flavor. The draw is not going to be as good as it would be. And you could hold your finger over the hole if you wanted to because what you have now is a flute. Right. And uh, we waited till it warmed up. We're able to take it off nice and easy and gentle. Yeah. And it comes off and no tobacco came on it. But... I've seen it. I've been to almost everybody's cigar factory. I've seen it over and over again that they do do that on cellophane cigars. Non-cellophane cigars, they shouldn't, but then again, they're used to doing it anyway because they may have uh, made a whole production of a cellophane cigar before they made that cigar because it's happened to me before that I've took taken a cigar off that was an unsellophane cigar, and the same things happened. I go, ah, you know, whoever it was ended up... T- touching the band to it for no other reason than just used to doing it. Yeah. So you be careful no matter what anyway. Um, now with the
3: cellophane, quick question on the cellophane, because this is a question that we get a lot especially in the chat box, is whether or not to keep the cellophane off when you put it into your own humidor. And I know here at a retail location it's a little bit different because you have more hands on the cigars and things of that nature, but in your own personal humidor, Dave, what do you recommend? Do you recommend keeping
2: the cellophane on or off? Well, we we mentioned that they are sponges, and they absorb anything that happens, and if you mix your uncellophane cigars with other uncellophane cigars, they start marrying each other. Mm. So different flavors go off each one, And at the end of it, if you do some sort of serious aging of those cigars, they're never what they used to be, unless you age an entire box of cigars by itself. So if I'm aging whole boxes, I will take the cellophane off and put them back in the original boxes if I'm looking for more cedary type of uh, component to end up happening to it. Hmm. The cellophane is porous anyway. It's not like some people say it's in cellophane, therefore it's not going to dry out on me. Well, of course it is. It's a a porous uh, product, and humidity is leaving it, uh, or humidity is coming in. If it's in your humidor, in cellophane, the humidity is still going to get to it. So uh, as a a consumer, I would say I would leave um, the cellophane on. Uh, Also, when you're digging into your humidor, they rub up against each other, and um, you can ruin a cigar like that also. I, I have uh, aged cigars without cellophane, taken the cellophane off, put them back in their boxes, and kept them for many, many years, and sensational, sensational. Hmm. Uh, that's how they would age them in the aging rooms of uh, the factories themselves. If they're not going to ship the cigar off for nine months, uh, usually minimum um, to many years on certain brands that they wait uh, years to put... Um, the cigar out that they are not cellophane. They cellophane them last minute before they're ready to uh, ship them wow. be- because they're really there for the shipping type of thing. Um, we use it also for, uh, as you said, people handle the cigar. Uh, when you handle a cigar uncellophane, you should never grab the end where you somebody's going to put their mouth on to look at the cigar. <laughs> right. Because someone else is going to end up putting that in their mouth. Yeah. So uh, there's some etiquette that you should never do anyway. Great point. Uh, we're talking about wine that, you know, people, uh, we tap glasses because we listen to wine. When somebody is feeling a cigar to see if the cigar is fresh to them, if you squeeze the end where the cap is there, the cap is going to crack and break. That's what's going to happen because it's all bunched up together. That's not where you squeeze a cigar, nor really should you do a lot of squeezing of cigars in a cigar shop anyway. But if you want to see if a cigar is fresh, down on the foot end of the cigar... Where you light it. Where you light it, you give it a little squeeze, and it should push in and bounce back. If it pushed in and stayed in, there's too much humidity in there. If you pushed in and it just cr- crackled, it's too dry... If you push in and it just bounces back just a little bit, yeah. then you know it's the right spot. So, I mean, I could put all the gauges I want in here where the, the perfect gauge is the cigar itself that you push in. It bounces back and maintains its shape. We know it's perfect.
3: Here's yeah. a question for you. Yeah. Can you save a cigar? In other words, if you were to uh, press on, on the foot there and it was to crack, for example, yeah. can you and over – or is it not humidified
2: at that point? It, it's humidified. So could you humidify I, yes, it and bring it back to life? because this tobacco is gone – to a drying process and wet wet again and brought back and forth it's gone through so many different times that this has happened so the so. cigar is not lost not lost uh, somebody has brought me cigars i always said i could take a cig- bring a cigar back no matter what you should bring it back slowly you should not add 90% humidity to a, a, a 20 uh, humidified cigar because it blows up and, and splits. Wow. That's what ends up happening. When you see a cigar actually split, people say, oh, it dried out. Well, actually it was too much humidity. That's why it split open. It filled up. Uh, too much moisture went into it. A, a cigar under humidified will actually suck in like if you've ever left uh, an orange in your refrigerator for a long period of time and yeah. it starts wrinkling like a raisin. Yeah. It's drying up. So it, That'll happen. So if it ends up drying up and you add too much humidity to it, now it's going to actually start opening up and stop in the crack and split. If you ended up doing it slow and you brought it back, the cigar is going to be wrinkly, but it's going to burn fine. It's going to taste fine. Everything's going to be good. Good to know. So uh, th- there's no reason to throw it out, but there are reasons to throw it out. Uh, and one being everybody talks about humidity uh, that how important humidity is. And I would rather have an under-humidified than an over-humidified cigar. An over-humidified cigar is uh, not going to stay lit. It's too humidified. Good um, point. I would say anywhere between 50 and 70 uh, is a good humidity range. Yeah. And I would say uh, that also when it comes to temperature. Temperature is so, so important when it comes to cigars. Um, and, um, if if you've ever had a cigar with a hole, a perfectly perfect hole in the middle of the cigar, that's because every leafy product contains microscopic eggs that are on that leaf. And high temperatures actually hatch those eggs, and a little beetle comes out of that egg. It starts off as a worm and becomes a beetle. And that beetle eats tobacco and drills holes into the tobacco, and they... Uh, They accumulate so many in so short of a time, and they could destroy your your humidor at home so very quickly because of high temperature. could actually happen in a cigar store also. It can also happen in a UPS truck. Can you imagine a 110-degree oh, right. temperature uh, in a UPS truck over the weekend sure. uh, if you're shipping cigars? Uh, most of the manufacturers today, especially in the, su- in the summertime, will freeze the cigars, put them in deep freeze, quick, quick, uh, below zero temperatures. Really? Before they ship the cigars out, uh, say, to the New England area in the summertime. By the time we get them, they're all defrosted anyway. It's not like there's any frost on them. It's a quick freeze that happens, and no processes, no bad process has happened. Um, if it does happen to you, uh, let me tell you, you, uh, you have a beetle inside your in, in, your, Tibet, in your cigar because uh, it grew inside there, and maybe it hasn't drawn the hole out of it yet, wow. but it's inside. And the first thing you're going to do is properly cut the cigar to open the end up for you, and then you're going to add 240-degree temperature in the other end of the cigar, creating a flame on the other end of the cigar, and if there's anything inside there, where does he go? In your mouth. It's pretty gross, right? That's very gross. So temperature, (laughs) it becomes the biggest killer of all. So you, you never want to walk into a cigar shop that's very hot. If they're not air conditioning their, their humidors and keeping it cool, um, they're not taking care of their product. It should be wow. 70 degrees or less at all wow. times, uh, especially if you're carrying millions of dollars in inventory. I guarantee you you're doing the right thing uh, because you could not handle a, a hit like that. Wow. So uh, you, you'll come into our stores and you'll see that it, it's always cooler than, you know, winter and summer. It yep. doesn't matter. It's always cooler than it is. Uh, as much as it's important to keep our customers comfortable and happy, we have millions of dollars worth of products we need to keep cool because we don't ever want that p- product to ha- that happen to anybody. Um, when it comes to people that mail order products, you're in trouble. Uh, when you mail order a product, uh, especially in the summertime, yeah. you, uh, it is going through, it, it, I would, I would strongly suggest you don't order cigars on a Friday because you're guaranteed a weekend in a, in the UPS, uh, trucks, which, uh, not air conditioned if you've ever been inside them, um, uh, but wow. it, it, it goes through a process. The, there's no better place to get your cigars than a, a brick-and-mortar retailer that's taking care of the product. And I'm sure there's some out there that don't do the right thing and stuff. But the majority, if they're in business or something, they have to protect their uh, inventory uh, more than ever. And that's keeping the temperature correct, the humidity correct, so that your experience uh, for that cigar is the best ever. Uh, some people would would have a cigar that was mishandled in uh, one shop or another and say that that cigar uh, I had that cigar was lousy. We have the cigar uh, in in a proper humidified store proper totally temperature. Different experience. yeah yeah it, it's a different it's a whole different cigar so uh you know th- there are some elite cigar brands that are only sold in elite cigar stores because they don't want their brand being hurt in any sure. way being sold in a place that's do- doing it an injustice. So uh, we see that happen uh, also. So, wow. Uh, that's that. Uh, t- speaking of which, um, I said I would mention the, the best cigar I've ever smoked, uh, and here's a guy that um, that makes a cigar, uh, does all the right things to it, sends the cigars humidified in humidified jars. That's how we receive them, and when we receive them, we have to wait two full weeks before we're allowed to actually put the cigar out to the public, so that the climate. Uh, gets acclimated properly because the cigar is expensive to begin with. Um, I, I only mention this because uh, probably two years ago I couldn't answer this question. Uh, what's the best cigar I've ever smoked? It's what you're in the mood for. Yeah. Um, I've had customers that come in and say, uh, geez, I was in Hawaii and I smoked this Hula cigar. It was awesome. Do you carry that? And I said, uh, no, we don't. I actually know what you're talking about. It's a short fill of cigar. It's crappy, cheap cheap cigar, but let me paint a picture for you. You were on the beach of Hawaii with the glass in your hand and the little umbrella on it, and the pretty girls were walking by, and everything's great. And uh, of course it was a great experience. Now go out in the New England weather right now, and it's 30 degrees outside, and smoke that cigar outside and see what you think. So a lot has to do with um, how... And when you're smoking a cigar, and you should do the, uh, um, you should never smoke a very expensive cigar. And if if you're in a lousy mood, because you're in a bitter mood, the cigar is going to be bitter tasting, and it's a it's a waste of your time. If you're in a lousy mood, you're not uh, in good spirits. Don't waste your money on a very expensive cigar. There's no sense. It's going to be a bad experience. Uh, Then on the other hand, if you want to smoke something sensational, you have a reason to celebrate. Is there a difference between a $5 cigar and a $20 cigar? Of course. Of course you get what you pay for. Um, And and a lot goes into what happens on these $20 cigars. Um, Is there a difference between a $10, $20 bottle of wine and a $100 bottle of wine? Uh, There is. Um, The problem is a $5 cigar and a $10 cigar is twice as good. I would say yes. For the most part, yes. $10 cigar and a $20 cigar? It's not double. It's not twice as good. You know, And you get a $40 cigar, is it twice as good as the ten Is the $20 cigar? Yeah. No. Yeah. You know, now you have to really know your stuff. And you've got to be in the mood to spend the extra money and what are you going to get out of it because it, it becomes slight. Now you have to really know your stuff as it goes on, uh, which leads me to Atabay. This is the oh. cigar I thought uh, for myself uh, was the best cigar I ever smoked as soon as I smoked it. It was the best cigar I had ever smoked, and I was uh, twenty six years into the business at that point and It was truly something unique, something was happening to it and What was that? Why does this taste different than everything else I ever smoked before well. Starts off with the guy that made the cigar, which is Nelson Alfonso. Great guy. N- Nelson Alfonso is the creator of uh, every Cuban cigar since 1999. Every single thing that has ever come out of Cuba, uh, he is the uh, brains behind every single one of it, including a brand that came out a couple of years ago called Cohiba Bijique. Cohiba Bijique, $75 cigar i 've had the pleasure of smoking that a few times, very big money to do it, but it became the biggest, hottest thing uh, in the world of cigars, uh, not so much in the United States because of the Cuban cigar, uh, but in the world of cigars man this was this was the thing, and everybody that uh, was into cigars had to try the cigar. What was so special about it well what 's special about it? It is the next step from their top top brand, Cohiba. Bejike becomes their next big thing, and it will be a brand upon itself pretty soon. Hmm. Um, Scoop. Yeah. The, um, the word cohiba comes from uh, the Taino Indians. The Taino Indians in the 1400s, they're the ones that created cigars in the first place, and they uh, bunched up tobacco leaves, and I, I imagine all long fill at that time, and they um, would roll them up. And in a religious ceremony, they would sit in a circle, and they would smoke the cigar and blow it uh, at the tribal leader. The, what that is of them sitting in a circle is known as cohiba. That's where the word came from. That's what they're doing. So uh, Okay, so um, they would now um, blow that smoke at the tribal leader, who is known as the behike of the tribe. So Nelson Alfonso uh, created the Cohiba Behike and uh, with that story in mind, that this was the leader of the Cohiba.
3: See, I'm glad you're explaining this, because he tried to tell the story and I could really hardly understand. Right. So right this exactly. is making sense. now. Okay, okay. okay.
2: <laughs> so now he took the story even further and created a brand for himself, Atabay, because the tribal leader, the Behike of the tribe, now takes – all that smoke that they blew at him, and this is ungentlemanlike, but that was the uh, way of doing it to blow the smoke at the tribal leader. It was a uh, respectful thing. It was respectful, and that was their, their way of praying. Uh-huh. And that tribal leader would be the only one in the tribe that would be allowed to take those prayers to the goddess Atabay. So this becomes uh-huh. the next step of the Cohiba Bahique awesome. becomes the Atabe, uh, Very unique cigar, very different tasting. I could not tell you it's like this, it's like that. It's a very, very unique cigar. Uh, but it runs 20 to $33 per cigar. And uh, for a special occasion, for something, you really want to try something different, uh, it is a uh, very special and different cigar uh, in quality. Um, we talked about the leaves that change color. Uh, the company is called Selected Tobacco. Every leaf is color-sorted. Not just the outside wrappers to match with the next outside wrapper, but if you look inside the foot of the cigar, you'll notice no change of color from one leaf to the other. Every one is color sorted so that the same amount of sugars were released from every single tobacco leaf, so it's the most well-balanced cigar there is. So as I told you this, and you understand what that is, you can see, you know, okay. Totally different interpretation. Yeah, yeah, Yeah. so it's a a different thing. So anyway, uh, we got time to take a sneak peek into the asylum. News from the asylum brought to you by a. Asylum cigars. They're coming to take me
3: away, haha! They're coming to take me away, ho ho! Hee hee! Haha! To the funny farm where life is beautiful all the time, and I'll be happy to see those nice young men in their clean white coats, and they're coming What's to stay-
2: It's
5: time for news from the Insane Asylum. Odd and sometimes historic news and stories, too insane to be true, but they are. Brought to you by Asylum Cigars, take no prisoners. Truly flavorful, medium-bodied cigars with sizes ranging from 4x44 to the absolutely insane 6x80. That's right, that's Asylum. At the second Modern Olympic Games in 1900, paris france there was some crazy stuff happening among the top five sports that would never be featured in olympic history again would be tug of war firefighting hot air ballooning and yes delivery van driving but the number one craziest event in olympic history is poodle clipping the gold medalist was a 37 year old avril la of france she clipped 17 poodles in just under two hours she was, however, way too busy coughing up hairballs to comment on her victory. That's know. insane. That's Asylum. Brought to you by he makes Asylum them Cigars. <laughs> Take no prisoners. Truly flavorful, medium-bodied cigars with sizes ranging from 4x44 to the insane 6x80. That's insane. That's Asylum
3: portal flipping. I'm away. not buying it,
5: man
2: no I no, think no. It's making them away. Ho, ho. he's making just yeah. trying to hang on to an the advertiser <laughs> where
1: life is beautiful all the time and I'll be
3: happy to see those nice young men in their clean white coats, and they're coming to take me away.
2: <laughs> Okay, Mr. Jonathan on vacation this week and um, I was a little worried about two hours to fill in for two hours nonstop. I'll tell but, you
3: that went fast.
2: yeah, it went quick so uh, we'll have no problem looking forward to next week. Next week, um, the Cigar of the Year comes out uh, the day before, Super Bowl Sunday, every single year. We've been doing this for 22 years now. Uh, But before that is the Contenders for the Cigar of the Year. Uh, This is a big show for us each year. Uh, I think it is the most listened-to show that we have. Everybody out there is looking to see who's been chosen as contenders for the Cigar of the Year. That show is next week, right here from Two Guys Smoke Shop in Seabrook, New Hampshire. We have seven contenders.
3: You mentioned Adebay, man. They have a tough job ahead of them to become Cigar of the
1: Year.
2: Right. That's all I'm saying. That is the Cigar of the Year this year. And... uh, uh, I think we will smoke Atabay next – now that it's on my mind, I think we will smoke it next week as we uh, talk to – because to actually light up seven cigars, we, we, we lit up one cigar in two hours. Oh, when it was take enjoyable. Your time, yeah. Right, yeah. You take your time and you go through it. So let's uh, maybe see how far we can go in an Atabay and smoke that through the show as we talk about the seven uh, yeah. contenders for the Cigar of the Year, right? We'll right. Do, we'll do it the right way. That's what I hope you got out of this, everybody. I hope uh, even if you smoke cigars for years and years, you learned a little something to make your cigar smoking experience more enjoyable than it has been in the past. That's the whole idea of it. Let's take it to another level. Let's smoke, relax, enjoy. Because the fact of the matter is, if you smoke two cigars a day, it relaxes you and you live longer than if you didn't smoke at all. True. Scientifically true. That is scientific proven fact. Monograph number nine. Do a little research and look at it. This is something you don't find in uh, the, the regular media that's touting this, but this is all these government things trying to say that cigar smoking is bad for you when all they can prove over and over again is having a couple of cigars every single day relieves the stress, the number one killer in the world, relieves the stress, and you actually live longer. So everybody, I want you to live longer. Enjoy a cigar. Have a glass of red wine. Buy yourself a dog, and uh, you'll live longer. Those are those are three things that uh, will make you live longer.
3: I love it. The dog part I didn't think about. It. That's a yeah. good
2: point. You gotta have a dog. Two minutes. Okay. Wow, that that did go by fast, huh? So, as I said, Mr. Jonathan, uh, on vacation uh, this week. So, But next week, we look forward to the very big show, uh, the most listened to show we have all year. Yep. It's the contenders for the Cigar of the Year. This year, we've chosen seven, seven great cigars that came out uh, during the course of this year. We'll go through the criterias of what would make a cigar a contender uh, and what would make a cigar the Cigar of the Year. Again, big... Uh, Big uh, shoes to fill this year, as uh, Atabay was the Cigar of the Year Uh, last year. It's going to be a a tough one, uh, but uh, somebody, one of these seven we will announce tomorrow will be the Cigar of the Year. Uh, And as I say, we've been doing this for 22 years now. Uh, So tune in and see if you agree with us anyway, right? Yeah. So anyway... uh, They won't. Some will. Yeah, yeah. It's, always, it's very controversial. Listen, everybody has their taste. Everybody likes what they like. But there's no doubt about it. You're going you're gonna to hear some great cigars. Whether you like them or not, these are great cigars uh, we're going to announce next week. So for Chuck Morrison, I'm David Garofalo, The Cigar Authority. I hope you learned something this week. I hope your cigar smoking uh, experience is better than it's ever been after this. I thank you so much for listening this week and every week to The Cigar Authority on the United Cigar Retailers Radio Network.
0: Can I have your attention for a second? I want to tell you about a fellow named Dave and the fact that I have been buying my cigars from him since 1985 when they first opened up. Two Guys Smoke Shop. Now, Two Guys Smoke Shop have three convenient locations right over the Massachusetts border in tax-free New Hampshire. Now, here's something I bet you didn't know. Two Guys Smoke Shop is America's largest cigar shop and has the largest inventory of cigars anywhere. Wait till you see this place. You're not going to believe it, all right? Now, if you like cigars, you can't find a better place to buy them than at Two Guys Smoke Shop. They are in Salem, New Hampshire, Seabrook, New Hampshire, and their new location in tax-free Nashville, New Hampshire. It is worth the ride. You can call Triple Eight Two Cigar Two. That's Triple Eight Two Cigar Two or on the web at Two Guys The best place to buy cigars anywhere is Two Guys Smoke Shop. It's stogie Heaven.
3: Choices. We're here asking people from all around the world what they think about equilibrium cigars. Let's hear from cigar smokers on the golf course in Myrtle Beach, South Carolina what they think of the new equilibrium cigars. Mm-mm. How about outside this biker bar in Sturgis, South Dakota what they think of the new well balanced equilibrium cigars? Mm-mm. Next, let's see what race car drivers in Indianapolis, Indiana think of the new, well balanced, and medium body taste of Equilibrium brand cigars. Mm-hmm. Now, how about this mime troupe from New York City, New York? How about what a famous cigar smoking movie star thinks of the new, medium body, tasty, and well balanced Equilibrium cigars? Smoke it once, and you'll be back. Mm. How about this monster over here? What does he think of the new medium-bodied, tasty and well-balanced Equilibrium Cigars?
1: Mm. (laughs) They're incorrigible.
3: Equilibrium Cigars, a new, well-balanced, medium-bodied cigar that everyone can enjoy.